You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Alexandra Noel. Alexandra, thanks so much for being with me today. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, Alexandra, we're talking in July, July 12th in 2022, and I, I want to talk about your work and, uh, and your upcoming show because you're scheduled for a show at Jersey Gallery in New York City in the fall. Is, is that correct? Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's my first time showing in their new space. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, they have a cool new space. Mm-hmm. So, let's, so let's talk about that. What are you working on now for, for that show? Um, so for this show, I'm kind of going off of a set of work that I made actually earlier this year for a show that's still up now um, for a couple more weeks at Crevecoeur Gallery in Paris. Um, I made a series of work that was kind of all related around the, like, the ob- like the table, kitchen table or a table as um, an object or something kind of to meditate on in terms of something to eat food off of or um, something that is obviously used, you know, in case of an earthquake, you go underneath a table. Um, So I kind of built all these, not necessarily like storylines, but um, ideas or meditations on a table. So a lot of these paintings... um, some of them are actually like scenes I thought up of like kind of surreal scenes underneath tables, like a landscape under a table, a seascape under a table, or like a skyscape. Um, and then everything kind of evolved from there. So then there's also food-related paintings. Um, so yeah, it's kind of just going back to this idea of, you know, when you're a kid, how you use a table as um, a source of you know, a miniature shelter within your shelter. Um, Like your home, your home is a big shelter. The table is like a smaller, more manageable shelter, like fun, um, like kind of house that uh, kids kind of create. Um, Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, No, that's so true. No, you're not. That's good. That's that's so interesting because that's that's where, yeah, I was going to with that too. Yeah, as a... Mm. As a child, being under a table is, you know, it's kind of a beautiful scene or a memory mm-hmm. for me. It's it's both, like, protective and also, um, yeah, some kind of, I mean, there's all these associations, but, I mean, you talked about childhood. So, so to, to take off on that a little bit, these, these mm-hmm. narratives that the that you're talking about or these ideas that the table kind of brings forth are are in many ways about childhood, about that space that that is that a child tries to make under the table because that's how it I mean, I have a, a, a child also and so I, I, I've seen that mm. it's kind of beautiful and amazing and comes back to the time when we were all children. But this this mm-hmm. for you is a meditation on the table, but it's also not the table as, as we normally see it. It's it's underneath the table. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm I'm always kind of thinking of my work on, um, I mean, they're all usually small scale, actually small scale paintings, but I'm thinking of them on a macro level, like what is art 
and then kind of going micro and like figuring out like a storyline within that. And so underneath a table to me kind of represents in a way for a child, when you're a child, it's like this, this literal cube of space that you can create something underneath and protect yourself from adults in a way um, and kind of exploring and I don't know, like creating stories within or plays underneath or, you know, draping a cloth over it. And then the tablecloth kind of becomes like a theater, um, uh, like a theater curtain in a way. So, yeah, I'm always kind of thinking about art in a way, like whenever I make a painting, I'm, I feel like I'm trying to see something new for the first time in the same way, you know, a child has kind of this, um, wonder about a simple a simple object like a bowl. It's like, oh, what can I put in this bowl? If I turn this bowl upside down, it can be a hat, and like it can turn into this and that. And so it's kind of always this fluid thing where each piece kind of determines the next. And it's not really, oh, I have this set group of things that I want to create, and then I just do it. It's kind of like I start on one. I have many. I, I like I have a list of ideas, and then they all kind of either overlap with each other, merge into each other. So, yeah, it's kind of this this macro idea of um, wanting to see things new again. And I think my fondest memory um, I had as a kid was not necessarily a table, but I was with a friend and creating a fort outside in the wilderness. And at some point we, like, finished it. We put the roof on, put, like, a blanket over it, I think. And then it started raining and it was the best feeling in the world to like know that I created this thing that could shelter me from rain. And I was only a kid at the time. And that was, I don't know, there's something about creating shelters within shelters is, is something that has been attracting me and I've been thinking about a lot lately. Yeah. That's also kind of a space within a space, right? I mean, I, I love that idea. Yeah. You know, it makes me smile hearing you talk about it. And I, I start thinking of my own memories of that because that's such a, a kind of fascinating idea, this this building a space within space. It's like making pillow forts in a house to this kind of mm, yeah. um, pr- protection almost, right? I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of a kind of like a, you know, the Russian doll sort of thing. It's a doll within a mm. doll within a doll within a doll. I mean, mm-hmm. is that also kind of totally. how you're thinking? These, these spaces just keep going on in a way? Yeah, um, I mean, it's, and it goes to the the paintings themselves, their scale, because, I mean, usually the largest, I mean, sometimes they'll have, like, ra- random, like, oddball pieces where they're larger, but um, the largest in general is maybe, like, 10 by 14 inches, um, and the smallest is 3 by 4 inches. So it's, yeah, it's like this kind of nesting situation of... Um, scaling things down to a manageable level in a way. Um, and I used to ride horses growing up, but I also collected these horse, um, these briar horse dolls, basically. They're, I don't know, like 10 inches long, maybe, and like five inches high. And so it's like going from the stable riding a giant, massive animal and then coming home and playing with its tiny counterpart um, really kind of stuck with me in a way. And I'm always yeah, it's, it's in a way you're kind of like playing God, like you're setting up um, 
with the scale and being like kind of putting yourself underneath the larger sense of the world. You're like in within a smaller world. It's like, yeah, it's, there's something comforting and it, yeah, many opportunities like that. and things that small. I like that idea, you know, because, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that the, the size of these of course are, yeah, pretty small. As you're saying, mm-hmm. it sounds like five by seven, four by three, like, like previous works. But that's such an interesting mm-hmm. association. These are like you playing with a toy horse as opposed to riding the horse during the day. These mm-hmm. these images then, these small scenes are are meant to enter into, right? I mean, without, I mean, just stop me if this is a stretch, but it's almost mm-hmm. kind of like um, a, a door to another time, right? It, it's a, it, it strikes mm-hmm. me as kind of like, Shrinking yourself and walking into a house, I have those kind of associations of going into a fantasy that you can only get by um, by kind of shrinking yourself somehow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in a way, you're kind of enlarging yourself when they're this small. You're kind of a giant um, in a way. And I, I right. yeah, it's a lot about, um, yeah, like it's a manageable... We, but it's, it's a manageable space, and it's a space we can yeah. go, we go, we can go into. I mean, does the does this mm-hmm. work seem to you like people are thinking narratives? People are entering into them because that's all. That's a formal question, but mm-hmm. also kind of a content right. question, right? People walk into yeah. these spaces. They're walking into your paintings. They're potentially mm-hmm. going into a world. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, that's totally, I mean, sometimes the paintings are based on narratives. I mean, the, the subject can be so vast. More recently, I'm feeling like the they're getting more and more abstract in a way and more close to, I guess, like religious symbols or something. And but then also bordering on an image, like there's somewhere in between representing something and then also really just being... Um, you know, like a line can represent a cloud, a dot can represent a sun. When they're this small, it's like it, you really can, the minimal amount of effort in like a, a stroke of a line can represent um, something. And I think the the scale of that allows for um, really kind of so many different, I mean, so many different elements. And then the topic of you know, all of our devices are this size. That that has been a question that has come up a lot. Um, it's relation to, you know, say an iPad or a computer or a phone. Um, and oh, right, when I right, started right. Paint, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a tablet. It's, it's, it's that size, which yeah. is our, yeah. our current window yeah, in the world. Yeah. Right. And I, I mean, I don't, when I started painting small, it really was just this kind of childhood fantasy um, of, of enjoying small things. And I obviously didn't grow up with smartphone. Um, so it doesn't, I don't really want to, I'm not trying to make a comment on that necessarily, but then it's obviously you can't escape that idea of comparing the, the size of the painting to an iPhone. And in a way though, some, I mean, a lot of people, when they look at my paintings, they, they're like, oh, I was trying, you know, I have this urge to, you know, swipe my finger over it, you know, <laughs> or like zoom in, like pinching my fingers to zoom in on the painting. Um, so I do like that kind of teasing element of, 
you know, this is a fixed thing, but it's at this scale, and what can you experience from um, that, like, looking at something small that you can't, you know, you can't scroll through <laughs> in a way. That's so interesting because that's, that's right, where, where when things get small, and I never didn't think about it that way, but right, then there's this sense of uh, almost intuitively, can I, can I pinch, can I swipe? Yeah. Yeah, which is which is kind of fascinating in in a way because your your work though because it's I mean to talk about the fact that it is a painting and its and its surface is so completely different than than a screen that allows people to also enter into it in a very different way, right? Just mm-hmm. to compare right now a painting of yours that will be seen in a gallery as opposed to someone looking at that on on an iPad, just to talk about the difference for that for a minute, because, you know, right. lately what's, what's exciting for me is going to see all these shows in New York and being able to see the surface of work, the scale of the work, which in the pandemic you can't see unless you're able to go to, go to it. So, mm-hmm. so to talk about mm-hmm. that, that, that surface itself, that's part of what also, um, to, to speak to like the tablet and the phone, that's also what separates it from that, right? You, you're, you're aware yeah. that it's a painting when you're up to it, right? Right, yeah. And that's, um, it's a funny thing because when people look at my art on, online and then they see it in person, they're always, they always say, oh, I, I, I thought it would be bigger and it's actually smaller. Like it's even smaller than I thought, even if like the, the size is listed, um, listed online. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, and I think I'm playing with like the texture of paint a lot more recently because I want to, I want to push myself away from um, paint or um, sorry, uh, away from the connection with iPhones as much as possible. Um, so really kind of, I started doing kind of this um, impasto texture on a lot of paintings while I was painting a bunch of like abstract cakes and kind of paint, using the paint as if it was icing and building up layers of like stippling um, thick paint on top. So yeah, I, I definitely, I hope people get a different experience in real life as opposed to looking at on their, as, on their phone. And obviously that's super important still like seeing the work in person is the most the best experience and the best way to view art obviously but well it sure is i mean that's not that's obvious to me and and i guess obvious to you and other people but that's but that is sort of we have a new window into that now right because for the past few years people haven't seen much work in person so it seems to have a Mm -hmm. whole different meaning now right a different a different Mm -hmm. weight almost Um, Mm -hmm. yeah and um, and so so this show is coming up in September. Um, there's links mm-hmm. here so people can learn more about it. How many pieces will be in this show? Do you know yet? Um, probably around twenty or twenty-five. Um, in my last show, the show that's in Paris right now, I was um, I had made like this first kind of sculptural, more sculptural. And I'm always thinking of my paintings in a way as sculptural um, because of their size. It calls attention to the sides and I end up painting the, the sides with enamel. And um, so 
there is this kind of urge. I like the idea that they have, they give you an urge to pick them up and handle them and like, some, like cradling them or eating them or, you know, they're the same size as something like precious. Um, so I was going off this idea of them being sculptural and then literally just extending the width of the paintings themselves and then turning them flat. So they end up looking like little boxes or little tables. So in this last show in Paris at Crevecoeur, I had a sculpture that was um, kind of painted like a table with legs, but then also there was like a cloudscape underneath. Um, so some of the pieces will be more, more of those, more sculptural. Um, but then going off this idea of the table, I started thinking even more, like going deeper into the idea of a table, like what consists of a table and there's, four legs and then I start thinking of four being a stable number and then started thinking of I don't know I kind of went off in a different trajectory of um, thinking about the ocean somehow and you know gravity and what keeps us balanced and so yeah it's a lot of going weaving in between tables and oceans and um, food again and yeah kind of like the nausea that exists from tilting, tilting an object. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of taking something that's very structured and then kind of tilting it. Yeah. That's so interesting, especially the idea of, you know, um, if I'm understanding correctly in, in Paris, so some of these works yeah. you, you mentioned are, are sculptural, like, like a table and have a, mm-hmm. a cloudscape painted underneath. Does that mean you have to get on the floor and crawl underneath it to see that? Oh, no, I actually, well, I mean, that's, that could be one way of viewing them, um, but I, I did put it on a pedestal that's, like, kind of at um, eye level. Uh, so, yeah, you can, it's, well, not at simply eye level, like, you can see the top, and then ki- you kind of have to crouch a little bit to see the sides, and then there's, like, a, it's slightly mounted on top of something, so there's kind of a, and then there's a red glow from the paint that I painted underneath it. Um, so it's, yeah, it's kind of rethinking what a table is and what kind of scene can take place underneath a table. Um, and then it goes back to also the childhood, like idea of playing with boxes and like turning boxes into, into more shelters within shelters and, you know, putting your toys underneath them and creating homes for them. So... Yeah, I guess I'm just I love that feeling. Yeah, I love that feeling in, in, in that memory. Yeah, I, I really like that. So, and so in that piece that we're talking about, that sculptural piece, I mean, it relates to everything mm-hmm. else we were saying, but it also literally gives you a, a window into what a smaller person might see at the very least. But it's a, it's a it's a completely different vantage point on not only like a painting but also a sculpture mm-hmm. because the the point of view is is a child's point of view, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's even, it goes even smaller in a way, like it's kind of like from a doll's point of view in that sense, um, because it's kind of like the size of a doll's table. And I think like as a kid, it's kind of embarrassing to admit, but for the longest time, I don't even, I was, I probably believed this longer than Santa Claus, but I truly believed that there were little people inside of the television. Like I just could not comprehend like that there were not little people living in there and moving around. I was like, someday I'm going to be able to like 
find them and be able to play with them and hold them and and I think it was I mean I don't know if the if children have the same experience now because the TVs we had growing up they had like a huge backside to them so it was like this this is where they live they live inside of this box um, so I don't know if kids have that kind of sense of space anymore since TVs are flat but yeah it's kind of I guess even in the creating the paintings in a way for like these little made up people that live inside the television more so than like children's size in that way. Yeah, it's so interesting. I'm so glad you, you yeah. shared that. I, <laughs> I I want to wish you well in your upcoming show, but I want to also ask you one more question sure. that's a little off topic. What are you reading at the moment? Um, so I had been doing a series of little tornado paintings for a while and I mean, just because of the movie Twister, I have like a deep fascination and like horror, like towards tornadoes, even though I've never actually experienced one in my real life. Um, but I was creating these little like miniature tornado paintings. And then I just recently watched this documentary on Ted Fujita, who did the Fujita scale of the size of uh, tornadoes, the F, F scale, so F zero to F five tornadoes. Um, so I've been reading a lot about his life, and it's pretty fascinating how he actually, at first he was studying the after effects of the Nagasaki bomb and how the bomb, like, flattened, like, there was a downdraft from the bomb that flattened these trees into a spiral. And then he kind of related it to this, and they start studying um, meteorology and then uh, tornadoes and discovered that tornadoes have a downdraft and cause this. And then he kind of went on um, to, yes. And then he, after he retired, he, like, he started getting, I think he had diabetes at the time. And then he, so these books that I've been reading, they're all um, like, like diagrams of tornadoes and like, and then his later writing, it ends up being like diagrams of his foot and like his pain level. So these diagrams of tornadoes are really similar to the like diagrams of his health experience towards the end of his life. Um, yeah, he had a really fascinating life. So I've been reading a few of his his writings recently, his autobiography. It is, it is fascinating. Wow. Um, I want to thank you for talking with me today so much. Yeah. It was really good talking and wish you well on, on your current show and also your upcoming show at DeRosia, which um, I hope listeners will go see. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank, thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. <laughs>